back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast, an emergency episode of the Hero Ball Podcast, because James Harden was traded in the middle of the week. What are we going to do? Can't, can't wait till Sunday, guys. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Who won the trade? Just kidding. We're not going to do that yet. Ethan, tell us what the Rockets got for James Harden. Well, the Rockets got Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodinius Kanyurks. I was going to struggle with that name. It wasn't going to go well. Three Brooklyn first. That'd be the 2022, 2024, 2026. Four swaps. 2021, 23, 25, and 27. I, I thought they also got a Milwaukee first in there somewhere. Oh, that's true. I could, I could be that's, mistaken. That's true. Yeah, I thought I read that too. But the it's a lot to write down. Too. The Nets got James Harden. Pacers get Karis LeVert and a Houston 2023 second. And the Cavs receive Jared Allen and Turian Prince. Yeah. I think, I think we got it. I think we did it. My bad for my bad for freaking the Bucks pick. It's probably going to be inconsequential. But Drew Holiday maybe won't resign. So, you know, maybe it'll be a thing. Perhaps a thing. Yeah, we could see. Now, Elkin, your team was in, your team was involved in this. Yeah, not the not the most. Uh, we didn't have as much movement as the other teams, but we were there. We were in there. What were your, what, was, what was your thought about the Philly about, about about the Pacers um, moving on from Oladipo? I mean, you, he's been kind of the guy there for for a little bit. He's gone. Yeah, what, what, um, what do you think? Obviously, I think um, kind of moving in, kind of. When Paul George left and he came in, I think that was kind of something that the city needed back in 2017 because most people were like, oh, what are the Pacers going to do now? He came in. He was a two-time All-Star with the Pacers. And he kind of felt like, though, once they got Brogdon and Sabonis developed, though, the Pacers weren't as much his team. That's where you kind of got a sense. And then T.J. Warren had his run in the bubble, and you're like, well, what's going on here? So then. I'm sure you guys read up all the stories that Victor said he wanted out, but then he kind of like said, no, 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 I want to be a Pacer. But I mean, come on. We knew he wanted out, and we got a guy who's on a longer contract, cheaper contract, is younger, probably going to play a similar role. I mean, he's not as, I won't say he's as good as Victor. I mean, he's not as good defender or playmaker as Victor, but he'll give you scoring. But I feel like as far as playmaking, you don't have to worry about it as much because you have Brogdon and Sabonis are pretty much two of our best playmakers. And it's interesting, though, that we got the guy in Karis LeVert, who we traded away our first round draft pick to the Nets. And that's who we got. This is back in 2016, I believe. Yeah, we traded a first round draft pick to the Nets for Thaddeus Young. And we got and we picked Karis LeVert for them, who's coming off a of injury. And now he's back over here. And honestly, I think. You need a guy, I feel like he's a guy who's going to be a team player. He's a guy who's going to come in. And I think if you're a Pacers fan, I think right now you have to be pretty okay with what the Pacers got because some Pacers fans are mad. Like, how could we trade Victor? I think Victor was going to be gone. I think he was going to ask for some type of max or big money. The Pacers are going to be like, hmm, maybe not. I personally think it's just the right kind of shakeup of the hierarchy. This team is going to be best suited, surrounded in Sabonis, and honestly, Malcolm Brogdon, who's playing really well this year. 
And with Victor Oladipo, like, it's still feeling like his team to him at least. This is a shakeup that kind of allows the team to move on from that era. It was a fun era. Like, they took, you know, Cavs to seven. They had a good, you know, run with Victor Oladipo's best player, but the injuries just derailed him. This is Karis LeVert here coming in. You know, like you said, I think the key to this whole thing was he has more years left on his deal. And that is very attractive to a team like the NFACers who don't often acquire um, free agents that are of, of, you know, like what Karis LeVert would be, will be potentially in the year 2020 when he is a free agent. So, well, not 2020. I read that wrong. 2023 when he is a free agent. So, you got to like this move for the, the Pacers, getting a pretty comparable player. I think with the hierarchy swap, maybe even a better player if Victor, um, you know, isn't going to be back, you get him for two more years. It's it's, it's no, no loss here. Other than maybe, like, if you had some delusion of grandeur, and maybe it's fair, the Pacers are going to win the championships this year. Um, Victor Oladipo would probably be a little bit more helpful in that endeavor. What's What's interesting to me is this Pacers team is now the Pacers team for, like, the next couple of years after this. Like, they're, like, he, Levert's locked up through 2023. Same with Brogdon. Turner, although, you know, the, the trade rumors had been going around for him. He's getting a million blocks a game, and uh, Sabonis is locked up till 2024. You know, it's like, this is the team kind of going forward, and it's it's an interesting one because the Pacers have, for whatever reason, just been right in the middle of the pack as far as the playoff hunt in, in the Eastern Conference. Like, they've been basically the four down to the, like, six or seven seed and like I, I feel like this is giving them the opportunity to be at least that and you know with with potential growth from certain places and spots you know maybe, maybe get a little bit better but I think it's just, I think it's fine Pacers role in the NBA is to be playoff fodder for the teams who win championships we've seen it before Reggie Miller happens. doing it for the Bulls Paul George doing it for LeBron it gets happens it's this is what their role is and hopefully one day they will be able to you know yeah, uh, you know, turn heel and be and be the uh, unbeatable team. Um, and for what's worth, with this team with a nice little core here, they have currently all their first round draft picks like into perpetuity as long as they don't trade them out. So like, what's well, for what's worth, they have the ability to continue to add players. Um, you know, not to mention T.J. Warren, who's still on the year, not this year, but another year from there. Like this team's in in place, and it's not going to be it's not going to be a bad team. And when when you're not a bad team, you're always one move away from being a good a really good team. So, like, that's that's the thing to be positive about if you're a Pacers fan. Not to mention, all your picks are still in-house in terms of first-rounders. I figured we, we had to talk about the Pacers because that's, like, one-third of our podcast here. So, you know, they yeah. made, made, made a move. Even though this is the hardened trade, we got to talk about the Pacers. Yeah, so. we have to. I mean, I feel like the Pacers really – I feel like we, we like to do this where superstars want to move. We're there to help them move, just like with Paul George. We're all-stars. We're there to help them out. It's true. It's 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 the way it's supposed to be. All right. Now we should probably get to the thick of it with the with what's happening with the Nets, Rockets, and of course Cavaliers. Very. We should start with the Brooklyn Nets, as it were, and their uh, new addition is James Harden, the uh, former MVP, the perennial All Star, the currently overweight superstar. I mean, I don't know how far we're down this rabbit hole of, um, you know, pontifications we want to go, but. Our man is on a new team. He's got a new outlook on life. 
He's got Sage that is uh, it's very available to him. Kyrie's not using it. I'm sure he can borrow it. I don't know what the social distancing looks on borrowing things out of your teammate's locker, but I'm sure Kyrie wouldn't mind. So he's got opportunity to uh, get rid of all the old, all the demons and bad things. So I don't know, fellas. Let's hear some thoughts. Richard, you're shaking your head at me a lot during that pontification. I love it, by the way. I love the Ethan. Just going to tell you right now. Listen, so the thing that James Harden had to get rid of, I mean, was Tillman Fertitta. Uh, I mean, I, I, Will when it comes to the Rockets, I got I got I got a little pontification of my own to do when when, when the time comes. But with James, Harden, I mean, we talk about James Harden, you know, not in playing shape. But guess what? He probably wasn't playing much defense as it, as it were, anyways. And I mean, Luke is coming into the season playing himself into game shape. Jokic did it last year, and especially with this off season, you know, it, it just it is what what happened. I don't really have concerns on that front. The questions that I have, um, I mean, I don't really have, like, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, if they all are on the floor, which we'll see with Kyrie, with, with what's going on with him. I don't think anybody really has an idea. But when, let's assume that they're all together, I, that's a whole lot of offense. The question comes on the defensive side, because we just benched DeAndre Jordan. We just benched DeAndre Jordan for, for Jared Allen, and now Jared Allen is now off the team. So now DeAndre Jordan has to go back at the starting lineup. Uh, you one would assume, um, and if so, you have Kyrie, James Harden, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Jordan. Now that might be the starting lineup. I don't think that's the closing lineup though, and, and that's really where it becomes interesting to me. Like, what do the Nets? And maybe it's just a matter of what the Nets need on any given night. Uh, maybe it's we close with Jeff Green to have more just switchability in and b- between some of our positions maybe it's we just need, we, we don't want James Harden or Kyrie Irving to have to chase whoever the guard is around let's get Bruce Brown out there on the floor maybe we just want to have infinite spacing and and maybe Landry Shamit is out there just to go stand and just create enough space around with Joe Harris for Kyrie James Harden and Kevin Durant to do their ISO thing and you can't leave those guys as much so it just maybe maybe it's something like that the question will come for me where it's what what is the closing lineup in games that matter and against teams that are going to make especially the guards if Bruce Brown's not out there defensively I'm concerned about Kyrie Irving and James James Harden like I'm even concerned just thinking about like man if they play Miami who's chasing around Duncan Robinson (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I feel like it, where, this puts a lot of defensive burden on Kevin Durant that I'm a little bit uncomfortable with, just considering him coming off, looking phenomenal. Just a, So those are my concerns with this, with all the caveat of it, it may not matter because they may just outscore everybody because that, that's what they have. So Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm just interested to see if this team's going to be a team that's just going to be more, you're going to see a, I'm trying to think of the right words. Excel in the playoffs, but then I'm like, in the playoffs, everyone slows it down, and it's really more about defense in the playoffs. Like, even those Warriors teams, as good as they were offensively, they still needed a lot of defensive side. And they had a great defensive. I mean, Kevin Durant still in his prime, Draymond Green in his prime. They did what they needed to do. And I kind of feel like what you're saying, Richard, like looking up and down this lineup as we have the, the roster here, you have to be worried. And who knows 
Kyrie right now, he's partying. They have no timetable when he's going to come back. He's there going against the protocol left and right. And then, of course, I'm sure everyone's interested to see how the offense is going to be, who's going to dominate the ball more. Steve Nash is going to have to figure out how to keep players moving all that. It might be. I mean, when you have threes like this get ready, you normally have a bumpy start to begin with. I mean, the last team I can remember that had a big three get together that really excelled were the Celtics, like right off the bat, but they had a training camp. They had like an international tour that they did, preseason games. And these guys get none of it. They just get thrown together. I mean, I feel like it's championship or bust, right, for, for, for this squad. Like, if, if you're if you're not one of the championship, you kind of have to view it a little bit as a – kind of like the Clippers last year. You kind of viewed it as a defeat. I mean, obviously, they didn't even get to the conference finals. Uh, I just think John Jordan is not a good player. And if that guy that you have out there is not a good player or doesn't make sense for the rest of the team, like – one one thing that's curious to me, and we're not we're gonna talk about the Cavs a little bit later, but like they have now too many centers. Does on does Andre Drummond become like a buyout candidate? I don't know how you really trade that contract. So do you halfway through the season say, well, let's go ahead and give Jared Allen some run with our young guys? I mean, there's some Cavs discussion to be had, but let's say Andre Drummond goes out on the buyout market. Like the teams that make the most sense are like the Clippers if they if they want. You know, he's probably an upgrade. Uh, over um, uh, Zubat out there, the, obviously the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, the Lakers, if they want to just do prevention of other teams getting that, that guy. But I feel I feel like like he would, if he was on this team at the center, it would just be a, enough, too many guys wanting the ball for one. But at the same time, like you could, you could convince me if he understood his role, like he could do a better job than, than, old man DeAndre Jordan at the moment, like defensively. Like the Cavs are, are for small sample size, early season, pretty darn good on, on defense. So I, I don't know. For me, my question is is until they – because they have to pick up some players. They're, they have like three roster spots that are available. Who's available on the buyout market? And who's going to be closing games for them? when when games matter like that's the thing that i'm looking out for they're gonna have they're gonna score enough points i just don't know i feel like they're it's a little bit too superfluous on offense like it would have been better if they had a little more defense instead of all this offense but at the same time you know you can stagger and always have one of those guys out on the floor most of the time probably have two of those guys out on the floor at the same time so and you can withstand an injury to to you know, one of Kyrie or James Harden in the playoffs and still be able, still, still be a viable team. I, I, I have the same concerns defensively. It's just, it looks like a, a turnstile. I, I really am nervous about Durant being overstressed. I think Durant is a really good help side defender. I don't particularly like him like straight up. I mean, I, there's certain matchups where he's not like lacking, like because of his such length, he can cover people pretty well. And I honestly don't think Kyrie Irving in a pinch is a bad defender. Like I've always, I've always thought that come big game, big moment, he's a credible defender. He's just small. Whereas James Harden, I don't have, like, I know he got the block on Lou Dort last year, but that doesn't change my opinion about James Harden defense, even in the clutch. It's just not something I am having faith in. I was kind of perusing people who remained unsigned from, the last free agency period 
You look really excited, Richard. I mean, I know Dwayne Dedman got bought out by the Pistons. I exactly. thought that was a good signing. Yeah, me too. That was, that was, that was, I was like, he's collecting some Detroit checks right now. Yeah, I was wondering if, you know, potentially some of these guys that um, played on Brooklyn last year, like a Jamal Crawford could be back in the mix, or Michael Beasley, he never made it to the bubble. But if you really wanted to go all offense, here's your guys, Michael Beasley and Jamal Crawford. Welcome back to the league. You know, I'm, I just don't see any names on this list, to be honest. Like, that, that excite me. I, I was thinking about John Henson as well. He's someone I saw. Irsan Ilyasova will take some charges. That's a, a variety of rim protection that I hate, but it's available. Like, Yamahimi, I think, is still available. He's uh, exclusively defense, but he's terrible. Like, it's one of those things, like, I'm not seeing, like, the, the surefire, like, this is the guy who's available, because if he, if he was a, a surefire guy, he'd be on a team already at this stage. And they, they need roster spots. They're going to be active on, on the buyout market. I I just, I view that, I think that's going to happen. Um, I think that they'll, what they'll probably do is just sign some people on some, like, smaller 10-day, I mean, they're already at like 160 some million dollars as, as the total cap allocations for this year and next year and the year after that. Like they're in it for uh, for a while. Deadman's the only guy who, who, who I saw out there is like, hey, if he's healthy, if he's right, like that makes some sense. But do I want Kevin Durant guarding Giannis in the playoffs? Do I want him to have that burden? And if not, which I don't, I don't know if I do, Who's going to be that guy? I don't see it on the roster yet. Definitely isn't on the roster yet. I found a couple more fun names for this team since we're just throwing personalities out there. Deion Waiters. He'd be fun. Lonzo Trier. Everyone remembers him of his great start to his rookie year, and then we remembered he wasn't good. Anthony Tolliver still out there. He's bad, but he'd be fun to shoot some wide-open threes. Well, Roberson Robertson, or the previous Roberson Robertson, Thabo Cephalosha. They're both available. And why? Get them both. Why not? See, I'm just going to keep throwing out all these names that are making all of our listeners so happy just to hear them. The Nets just need some defense, obviously. They do. They really do. And I'm sure I've um, derailed the pod enough with my my random free agency talk. I enjoy this. But but looking towards, obviously, the goal is a championship. So, for me right now in the East, the top teams in the East that I see are going to be vying for the Eastern Conference title are Bucks, Heat, and Celtics. Now, do you see any, which three of those teams do you guys feel like the Nets are going to have trouble with? Is it going to be all of them? Or are you guys going to be like, oh, the Nets are just going to be able to, like, there's one team we feel like are going to match up well or so much offense? I don't view Boston as an issue, personally. Like, they don't, I don't think, uh, I mean... I just don't view them as having the guys that are going to be the matchup issues. I think Giannis is a matchup issue. I think that the Bam, Duncan Robinson two-man game is a matchup issue. Um, considering, again, like who you have guarding Robinson, who you have guarding Bam in this type of situation. Now, I think Miami also kind of needs to get one more player. Miami just needs to get right. They're, they've not been a good basketball team this year. And another player is probably correct as well. But more importantly, they just got to get the turnover problem under control. Because right now, they're out here running around looking for offense. Bam's trying, but without, honestly, in super weird fashion, kind of a guy just to, like, take some bad shots. Everyone's, like, hyper looking for good shots, and it's actually not working out. We need someone to just be willing to take the shot sometimes. 
not the team's strength. The two best players on the team, Butler and, and Bam, both are guys who always are looking to pass throughout most of the game, not get their own, which is irritating for regular season basketball. So, yeah, those are probably the Miami and, and, and Milwaukee are the teams that are, I, I think, cause some issues. But but the Nets cause some issues for those teams as well. So I'm still nervous about Philadelphia. Yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. anyone who can handle that Joel Embiid character on this team. No, nobody on this Nets roster, no. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And what are they going to do? Are they going to go zone? I mean, that's what Seth Curry's for now. Now they have a shooting option that's a flamethrower. It's like, I, I really think this team, with the top teams in the East, will still have a lot of matchup problems. But at the end of the day, guys, if, if they're giving up layups a lot because their defense is bad, the other team still, like this team has the ability to just pour in threes endlessly. Like like we talked about with the, the small ball with uh, Jeff Green as a center, or we go super shooting with Shaman in there. The guys, they have all, like, like James Harden's the only one on this list that's not an elite shooter, and that's only because he shoots so many contested ones. He might get wide open ones. We have an opportunity to see James Harden shoot forty percent from three again. I don't know if he ever has, but he could. That's the one thing with this with this three where it's like everyone is is a good three point shooter. Um, I, I just feel comfortable comfortable saying that, and so you can't leave anyone. You no, know, you you can't. And like you mentioned, like if if you if you have the right guys out there, then. Uh, yeah, so I, it's interesting. I, I'm I'm excited to watch it. Shall we move our discussion to the team that traded James Harden away? Because it's, it's been a little while coming. The Houston Rockets. So uh, getting Victor Oladipo in there, um, that that's a kind of secondary discussion that we probably should have. So they, but they get him in there. Um, they're able to get Dante Exum uh, in this. Here's Let me just tell you what the what the Rockets were doing. And this is going to lead just a little bit into my into my little soapbox here. The Houston Rockets, and I've been saying this from the beginning, were going to do what they whatever they whatever they needed to do in order to dodge the tax because Tillman Fertitta is a broke boy. And Tillman Fertitta wanted to didn't want to pay the tax. They were they started the year in the tax, but if you don't end the year in the tax, then you don't have to pay the tax. And the James Harden trade was the most likely way it was going to happen because otherwise you're going to have to trade um, like a, a PJ Tucker or, or an Eric Gordon or a Christian Wood in order to actually do that. And, and, and you don't do that while you still have James Harden on the team wouldn't make any sense. So the James Harden trade happened. This is one of the reasons why I think like if a Ben Simmons trade were to have happened, it would have been interesting because Ben Simmons is a trade kicker would have in, increased his his um, price, and they might have had to give up more as well in order to bring him in. It also, uh, so, so so, I think that's kind of what led them into this one a little bit more. You get all those picks as well. Maybe Maury wasn't comfortable giving up Ben Simmons and all the other stuff too. But with Tillman Fertitta's goal of trying to, again, he wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants to be a good team, which they're trying. They've got some respectable players. Victor Oladipo's okay, you know. John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Eric Gordon, Peter Tucker, Christian Wood seems reasonable. Um, but in doing so, like for me, I would have rather had on this team Karis LeVert, personally. I, I think I think he is a better asset going forward than Victor Oladipo, considering I don't think that there's any way Houston 
re-signs Victor Oladipo. I think he's gone at the deadline. The reason why I think that, I mean, or, or he just walks at the end of the year, but the real, if, the real reason why Tomo Fertitta took this route and shipped away Karis LeVert is, guess how much money they have allocated next offseason? Only $89 million. Under the salary cap. To it's, it's, So all of this comes back to Tomo Fertitta not wanting to spend money, wanting to dodge the tax. They haven't used their mid-level exception this year, right? So, like, he's not really about winning. He's about saving his own money while, while pretending he wants to spend it. And at the same time, great trade for Houston. They, 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 got, they got the pick swaps for eternity, although the 2021 pick swap is a fake pick swap because there's no way Houston is going to be better than Brooklyn this year. It's just not going to happen. Um, but even though Tillman Fertitta has hamstrung this team, and I think it's going to be a problem, it's, in my opinion, probably, you know, a reasonable, a, a, a very, very good trade for them considering the circumstances. And if you can flip Victor Oladipo for something at the deadline, good on you. Yeah, I'm not sure how the trade things happen. Like, usually it's, I mean, I guess you can always trade them again. If they're not aggregated with other people's salaries, that's the rule. Otherwise, you do have to wait a certain amount of time to flip a player. Um, I was talking to this about the fellas, that, that the reason that it doesn't matter that Ben Simmons was allegedly on the table, even if you get the same pick compensation from the Sixers, Ben Simmons is on the book for for, for four more years. That's not for Tita's game. He wants to trade for this team, who theoretically could make the playoffs. There's nothing saying that this team can't be good enough to make the playoffs. There's plenty of good talent here. And that would be great if they can make the playoffs and then not bring anyone back and have all these first-round picks going forward. Because then he could be like, oh, I tried, but you know, Victor Oladipo's salary demands were unreasonable. I can't – like, literally no one no one but that weird team over there was offering him that. I, I, it wasn't the market. I can't do it. It's like he has plausible deniability on that. Um, Dante, uh, John Wall is, is going away. Dante Exum, I think, is on the last year of his deal as well. I'm not positive about that. It's closer. Might be, he might have one more season. But regardless, like, it's it's $10 million or, like, 13 something like that. It's not, it's not a big amount of money. No, no. He, 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 he's unrestricted after this year. He is. Okay. That's what I thought. And the same thing with Karis LeVert. You can't take Karis LeVert because he makes money next year, too. And you got to be able to at least act like you're going to spend some a little bit. So you got to have money to fake spend. So not, none of these things could work. You had to get Victor Oladipo. He's a better player. So, hey, I'm pushing for winning right now. It's all the buttons. Problem is, we know the playbook. So you're outed. You're outed. Cheap over Tito, as Richard yep. coined. Yep, yep. And it's 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 just I feel bad for some of these players. Like I feel bad for John Wall. Like he he does look really good. He does look really healthy. But he's he's in a, he's in a tough spot. I mean, he, he, here's the honest truth. So they're trying to their goal this year be reasonably good enough. Maybe you sneak into the play in game. Something you know, something fun like that. Uh, or Victor Oliva looks good enough that you can get an asset for him. You rehab John Wall's trade value so that you can tr- try to trade him away in a year or two because you don't want that money long term. You know I mean, so it, it's, I mean, the whole purpose, all of this, everything that's happened since Tillman Fertitta has has taken, um, borrowed money from the previous owner to take ownership. Everything has always been about his money and how he can shave spending money and dodge the tax, and still. That 
2025, 20, 26, and 27 first-round pick that's coming from Brooklyn's going to look mighty nice. Brooklyn could blow up in two years. Yeah. It, all those picks could be incredible. Bar Like, 2022, not going to be incredible. Every pick after that could be incredible. There's no no reason to think Kyrie Irving will be on that team in two years. Like he probably he possibility. But after two years, there's no reason to think he'll want to play basketball anymore. He doesn't want to play right now. And then we got Kevin Durant, as mercurial as they come. He could want to move on. That's, that's easy. And, like, James Harden has a history of driving teammates away. Like, the Nets might retain Harden, but <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> they, he might run them all out of town, and then it's just James Harden looking for the next big, next bag somewhere. Like, the Nets could be horrible in a couple years. And so then these picks are gold. Like, it could all happen. It could be the it could be the Boston Celtics trade all over again. Yeah. Okay, what, what, what are your thoughts? What, what, do you, what do you land on, on this for the Rockets? I mean, I just kind of look at it. First of all, I the hate that I sense towards the Rockets, it's comedic at times. It's not the Rockets. It's Tim and Fujita. And it's fair because they went to the conference finals his first year of ownership when it was all the moves Daryl Morey had done properly, getting Chris Paul. They go to the conference finals. They fall a little bit short. And Tillman's like, hmm, I don't know about that little guy getting hurt at the end. I don't know. And then he gets involved, trashes everything. They avoided spending the ta- the the um the, the mid level exception that year, so because he wanted to avoid paying more money into the tax. Man, if they would have had another player, maybe one of those threes go in. You never know, and we could be one, talking about one. the 2018 Houston Rockets, who were champions. We could talk about how they were the team that took down the Warriors, the best team of all time, right? I mean, and who knows? Maybe maybe maybe, maybe the Cavs. You know, beat the Rockets. I, mean, I don't know, but like, yeah, they could have been the ones James to Harden. do it. I'll take that guy. They could have been the ones to do it, right? But, but back to the subject at hand. Um, I still feel like the Rockets are probably going to move more players before the deadline. I think you guys are just on the money with their ownership and what's going on over there, and I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, we are we talked about before the pod. PJ Tucker's probably going to get moved. I wouldn't be surprised if you see. Like I've like, I can see even like Eric Gordon getting moved, like seeing like, hey, some championship contending team, you might need him more. We're gonna make, we're gonna do some stuff here, and just look at the roster though. Like, their starting lineup is good enough to possibly get them in the play-in, and the playoffs. But besides that, I mean, you're kind of just, who can we get out there? I don't know. I just for the Rockets, this is what you wanted. You got James Harden out of there. It's kind of funny how you were like, we're not going to play him until he gets traded now because all the negative comments been happening. DeMarcus Cousins fired back. And at this point, they're just like, let's wash our hands of it. But I will say this, James Harden gave him one of the best runs that they've had in some time. Like that's something that to his credit, like he carried a lot of, a lot of teams like that. Some of those Rockets teams that they assembled around him were a poo-poo platter and he did carry those teams. Poor Steven Silas. Glad, glad he's able to get his team back and hopefully something good can happen from it. One little note here. Um, Houston Rockets do not have their own first-round pick this year unless it lands in the top four. Uh, it's top four protected. Um, 
So it depends how bad they really want to blow it up. They're currently the 14th team out west, although it's kind of a little bit of a jumble there. You know, win a couple games and you're right back in, right back in the discussion. Uh, but that that's they get the worst of uh, OKC, which is you know not, not going to be the worst. The, their own pick or Miami's pick. So um, uh, it's uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with them. It's bleak out there, undoubtedly. Like I said, if they if they feel like winning games, I think Steven Silas, if, if he's a good coach, he'll have an opportunity to prove it because this team has is not devoid of all talent. Like I'm looking at guys like John Wall, Victor Oladipo, both guys who have been all stars in the past and are definitely still really a competent NBA player. So look at Dante Exum as a real, in my opinion, a really good backup guard defensively and can kind of move the ball around. What do you, what do you got here, Richard? You're covering your mouth. He also could be traded because he's expiring deal, and you want to get something for him before he before you have to pay him. A hundred percent. I don't disagree. I I am gonna take the moment. I did. I, I agree with all that, Richard. We've already talked about that. I'm gonna take the moment to argue on behalf of why this roster could work. So you got a nice little three guard rotation. Ben McElmore, uh, Daniel House, David Nwaba all have different strengths. McElmore probably less so. Like, but. House, good shooter, pretty solid defender. David Waba, really feisty defender. Eric Gordon, um, r- really good, you know, combo-y type guard. A little probably small. Sterling Brown all the way down the bench. Really solid defender. Not good at much else. You got P.J. Tucker and Deshaun Tate. That's honestly, a pr- I think, pretty competent defensive fours there. A little undersized, so they're not going to guard Anthony Davis. But everyone else, they're probably fine. And then Christian Wood and Marcus Cousins, elite offensive centers, terrible defenders. It's like, there's a... Th- there's a theory to this team that can work. I don't trust it. I don't buy it just because I think buy-in will be hard to find with a guy who doesn't like to pay for things, as we've said before. But that's the argument, that they have enough good guards with good finishing players that this team could be competitive. I'm not counting on it, but that's the argument for them. John Wall, Christian Wood pick and roll with Oladipo as the, when they kick it out, he's the secondary driver. It, it, there's a little theory of like you know kind of rally the troops now that we've gotten the the problem out and you know let's go ahead and try to you know show them that that we're capable and I I would say I don't know if it's the first game but one of the first two games I would definitely be looking at them if they're underdogs on the money line because they will be a team out to prove some stuff. <laughs> oh man. Well, with that being said, uh, shall we get to the last team? involved in these discussions i think so i think there's a lot of interesting things with this Cavs team there is a lot of interesting things going on the cleveland cavaliers have brought in um uh, uh their fifth center jared allen um and torian prince because the money had to work i suppose and whew, this is it's interesting like cleveland was one of the teams playing the largest in the league as it as it stood it was basically Garland, Sexton, when Okora was out, they had Nance at the three. They had Love before he got injured at the four and, and Drummond. They even played a lineup with, like, Nance, Drummond, JaVale McGee, like, Dean Wade, I think, was involved. And it, it was it, it was an adventure. <laughs> and so, like, they, they, adding Jared Allen here with Drummond isn't expiring. Kevin Love still on his deal. Nance playing well. JaVale McGee also and expiring just but you know doing what he did like competent backup minutes i don't really know what like are 
is there some sneaky that they could do? With I mean, I know that they're probably trying to shop Drummond. Like that that that's got to be one of the things that they're trying to do before the deadline. Am, am I wrong there? I mean, you definitely shop him. I know there's a team in Boston with a pretty big trade exception that could definitely make the move if they chose to. So, like, that's definitely something available. In terms of long-term, like, closer to, like, long-term assets, I'm not sure there's a specific team out there that wouldn't have already been involved. Like, I was kind of thinking, like, well, where's P.J. Tucker end up in all of this originally? And, like, was he could he be part of, like, a reroute and... Like Drummond, because he's expiring. He's expensive, though, so they would have got him back into the tax so he couldn't go to Houston. I don't know. Like Buddy Heald doesn't interest me as a guy that could be on the move. Plus, the, the Kings seem to like really like Richard Holmes, and Marvin Bagley's not done there yet. Like I'm trying to think of bad contracts in the NBA, and I'm not finding one off the top of my head. I don't think the Warriors are interested because they have a certain Wiseman, so the Andrew Wiggins swap doesn't make a lot of sense. They're like, I, I, I don't I'm just like talking off, off the top of my head right now, but that that's where my all my brains went right there i think it's tough um I think this is why the pistons wanted to get off him i was always thinking to myself well you know what people are always wanting to clear salary and an expiring deal and not a bad like i feel like you could have made something I, I don't know i feel like there should be should be something out there but without Giannis um or any other really big ticket free agent assuming Kawhi stays put i don't know it, it i don't know if that there's like I don't know if it really makes tons of sense. I mean, the team that would make the most sense for Drummond makes the most sense for him, like maybe to go there and free agency next year because they'll have some money, is probably like a Toronto. But I mean, I don't know if a trade happens midseason. I mean, they have basically gotten nothing from their center position. Oh, it's been bad. I mean, Chris Boucher's been a nice story because he's hitting a lot of threes and blocking shots in a fun way, but he's not like. He's not a, a real, in my opinion, he's not like a real, like he's a guy who you want as your third big that comes off the bench and makes a big play in a playoff series that you weren't expecting, but you can't depend on him to be a regular part of a rotation. I honestly think, Richard, the big the big question, and I tweeted about it, and I know you saw it because you liked it, but it's a really interesting dilemma here, whereas does Drummond stay on this team and a, um, what would they call that, a, a sabotage as a saboteur to Jared Allen's value so they can re-sign him at value versus some other team with some cap space coming in and offering him what he's worth or even potentially more. And you have a real dilemma on your hands. Do you max or match? I should say. Um, Also, if he gets, if he gets bought out because there's no trade opportunities, he's the kind of player that can swing a title chance here because having him as like, I would assume a backup big on any of these title hopefuls. Incredible. I mean, think about like how I, I don't know. This is not necessarily the team because I think they have it wrapped up with Derek favors, but think about how cool it would be for Utah to pull Gobert for the 10, 15 minutes and have Andre Drummond be the sub. Like in terms of like, you could do almost the exactly the same things. I know that's not the perfect scenario. Like that's not the most fun scenario, but all these things are possible. Yeah. The, the, pro- the I mean, Okay, what 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 teams do you think Andre Drummond? I mean, let's assume that the we don't need to worry about like trading him and like the matching salaries. But what like what teams out there do you think Andre Drummond would make the most sense on? I mean, I think one of the best teams that will make sense on him. We already touched upon is definitely the Nets. Like we talked about where the Nets are at right now, like buyout market. 
like he would be like just that piece. Like I mean, if you're choosing between Andre Drummond or DeAndre Jordan, pretty sure we're gonna go with Andre Drummond. Even though Andre Drummond had one of the best, one of the worst offensive possessions in history against the Grizzlies. Don't think I'm not gonna forget about that clip, Richard. But looking at it, I'm just looking at teams right now who need big man help during this time. I would have I before Porzingis came back, I would have said Dallas. It would have been beneficial Dallas, but Porzingis is back, and of course we're gonna see how that goes. But I'm right now just looking at Drummond. I'm just trying to think of the teams right now that need just someone who's gonna grab him a, a buttload of rebounds right now, because that's what you're gonna get from him, and a lot of pick and roll alley oops. Ethan, who you got in mind? That's the team. If they want him, they trade for him. They have James Johnson on an expiring, and either Dwight Powell is who I would trade. Um, or Maxi Kleba if you, for some reason, wanted to get rid of one of your shooting picks. But that's actually the team. If they want him, and they're like, hey, we want you as a buyout, you know, SPAC channelings with the agent, and he's like, um, no, if we get bought out, we're going to the Nets where they have, like, low-key, a, a, a potentially available starting position. Like, well, we can start you, uh, too. But, like, they have the ability to trade for him. Like, I'm glad you said that, that out loud because – the fact that they could easily compile James Johnson and Dwight Powell, that that seems like a real like a, a not bad decision at all. Dwight Powell coming off his Achilles and James Johnson expiring for the Cavs. I I like that a lot actually. Yeah, if I'm I think Dallas. It, it's interesting. You I mean you lose a little bit of spacing, I think, but it, but here's the thing. I, I hear uh, Dwight Dwight Powell's a better shooter than Andre Drummond, undoubtedly. But Come playoff time, I think you're playing Drummond probably close to 24 minutes maximum because you're wanting to get Kristaps quite a bit of run at center. Like, I don't know if Powell is any, like, just that much better of a roller post-Achilles injury than Dwight, than Andre Drummond. I, 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 I think that might – if there's a trade, I think that's a team other than potentially the Celtics trade exception. Yeah, but the Celtics trade exception tagged with Daniel Tyson, Romeo Langford works. Um, you could, there's, there is an Andre Drummond to Toronto path as well via trade if, if they want it, although they might be better suited. They might be better suited just waiting until free agency so they can sign them to a smaller deal because they only have X amount of dollars. And, available. and they're a buyout team too. If they can write the ship to 500, be like, Hey, we were this good with Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka. Can you be one of those two? Oh yeah. And then yeah. like, they're right back in the, the danger zone where they have someone who gets bullied by Joel Embiid, but at least has the size. The only other teams that like make some semblance of sense are all teams on the buyout market. Again, I mentioned them earlier, the Nets, uh, the Clippers, I think, you could, could use an upgrade from, from Zubach. Any team who is like, we don't have an answer for an Anthony Davis or... Or, I mean, or be or, the, the Lakers sign him so no one can no, have the answer. Th- yeah, the only issue with the Lakers is that they're up close to the hard cap, and so they would have to finagle some things like they did for Marcus Gasol, where they had to trade people to the Cavaliers in order to open up enough, enough space to make Alphonse absolutely... McKinney probably still has his apartment. I, I mean, they might need to open, open up a little more than that uh, is, is my assumption, but I mean, you know, there's a possibility out there that something like that could happen. Uh, I'm sure that if, well, I maybe not, maybe not, um, maybe not the Lakers general manager. But another smart general manager would be able to do it. Sorry, Rob Polinka. Uh, I, I had to get it in. I, I, on brand. Um, no, I, they, 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 could, they could definitely do it in, in Los Angeles. Um, I think I mentioned the Clippers already. Uh, 
any team that has their, I mean, is facing Anthony Davis or wants to, has like zero answer for a Joel Embiid, not that Andre Drummond's an answer for Joel Embiid, or Giannis, not that Andre Drummond's an answer for Giannis, but like, hey, at least he's probably a better body than DeAndre Jordan, or he's a better body than, than like what we mentioned the Celtics have, so... No, I think it's a very like I think this pod is now named the Andre the curious case of Andre Drummond because like he's the most interesting thing in this whole trade because like I mean I, I'm saying that facetiously but low key like we had we've had the discussions at least privately and all our friends have had it about what's going to happen when James Harden is in Brooklyn because it seemed like such a like such a thing that was going to happen before the season ever started like this is something that's been in the ether for a little minute now we haven't been thinking about all these Andre, Andre Drummond situations for a while I mean I have but that's that's a different story. Uh, you're a sick puppy, though. I, I am. Um, I am. Jared Allen. Real quick, let's not talk about him. Let's assume Audrey Drummond's not in the cards here. You trade for Jared Allen, you have to pay him this offseason. Like, that's... The, you, you, you need to... He's a restricted free agent. Now, you do get his restricted rights. He fits the timeline better with, with uh, Garland and Sexton. I like it, I get it, but I worry about signing my center. I mean, this is kind of the Andre Drummond issue for me, having lived through that. It's like, do I really want to sign my center to big money first? I would rather sign my center to big money last. Now that like I'm thinking about just team construction and roster construction, just because I've, I've seen oh, up close in Detroit what happens when you take the opposite approach. So... I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Jared Allen, guys? I know for me, just looking at it with the Cavs situation, I mean, at this point, I mean, the Cavs want to go. They got they got to see what can we do to push this team to get even better. I mean, we got we want to go the opposite way. We can't just keep trying to get lottery picks. Do you think Jared Allen's going to ask for a max? For sure. No. There's no. I, I don't think anyone in their right mind can justify giving him a max in restricted free agency when the person to compare him to in terms of the same like you know free agency tier like in like year is Bam out of bio. There's I don't think there's anyone on the face of the earth that thinks Jared Allen's better than Bam. If they they are you know you don't care about their opinion. Like I mean because because that's the biggest thing you can think about because obviously the Cavs don't want to put themselves like now we're stuck with this big contract for years and years. Let's just say we saw that it didn't. Let's just say, like, we finally have, like, a full season with him next year, and we see that it, do- it doesn't work with Garland and Sexton now in Okoro. So what do we do with him? It might be the guy that might be hard to move away from there. I think a good person to look at in terms of how he got paid would be in that, and I think Sabon- I think it, it might be a tiny bit rich even, is that Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis extensions that they got. Well, I think they got a great deal on Sabonis. I think they got a fair deal on Turner. And I think those are both, you know, really smart extensions by a team that is, you know, rightfully concerned about retaining players. And the Cavs need to be in that mode, too. I think if you get over $20 million a year, which with the cap not going up, I think would be absurd because, you know, Sabonis' starting year is uh, was eighteen five. I basically look at those two things like, hey, you haven't been close to an All-Star game. Sabonis made the All-Star game the year he got his extension. 
we, we can't go over that. But I would think it's closer down to like the 15 or so. Look at Christian Wood, for example. Christian Wood is a way more versatile offensive player, maybe as versatile of an offensive player as Jared Allen is as a defensive player. Like, how could you justify paying Jared Allen more than Christian Wood just got? Maybe for four years, but not for any more dollars. But at the same time, there was a unique situation surrounding that Christian Wood. uh, Like, he also got that an unrestricted free agent, but it was also because people were really questioning, you know, he did this in Detroit. He did it in a small sample size. What about all the other years of history that we have of him not being a player? You don't really have that with Jared Allen. Like people probably just view him as a guy who's being hidden because of circumstance, and much more than the other issues that Christian Wood had. And at the center position, you really need that guy to be a phenomenal defensive, like like phenomenal defensive player. Jared Allen is brings the defense where Christian Wood really doesn't. The versatility on offense is obviously there for Christian Wood. But it's a different situation. I do think that we probably see at least Christian Wood money. He, Christian Wood's making $13 million this year. So, like, I think that we see that money or up to what you were saying in this Sabonis, whatever range. But people always get – usually people get more money than I expect them to get in free agency. But in, as an RFA – that, I don't know if that's always the case. Maybe not. I mean, think about the RFAs that got their deals before the, you know, before taking all of the summer. Like we've we've got people making, you know, anywhere between twelve and twenty million dollars, and they signed those early on enough because they're probably concerned with all the free agent people, all the big names are drying up and that begins to bump these other guys up to the, to, to the front of the line. And, and that's a good point. When you said $20 million, you remind me of Jonathan Isaac's dollars. And I'm like, if I'm, if I'm Jared Allen's agent and I'm looking at Jonathan Isaac being like, yo, he's hurt and he's a defensive menace. My guy's not hurt and he's a defensive menace. So I think, but I think that's the cap because Jonathan Isaac is clearly a more versatile defender than Jared Allen. He is hurt when his contract, his new contract starts. He'll be coming back from that. But I, I I agree. I think the you know I think Christian Wood is the floor, which is why I brought him up. I think fifteen is fair. I think I think I could see twenty million dollars a year. I, I am not that I, interested. I, in I don't want to pay it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 I I have been burned a little bit again. We're also not owners of NBA teams. We don't have to pay anything other than for our League's Pass subscription, which, you're welcome, Richard, I sent you your Venmo. I got the Venmo. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Oh, man. Well, I, I, th- I, think we, I think we hit the end. I think we did. I think so, too. I really, like, I, I'm not kidding when I say I think the Andre Drum